welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. This episode is brought to you by Seldom Seen Farms Bourbon Aged Maple Syrup out of Ohio, six to nine months in a bourbon barrel. Jim, where can they find it at? You can find it on SeldomSeenMaple.com. Get you some. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is The Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, The Bourbon Road has led us to Owensboro, Kentucky. Man, it's been a minute since we've been on the road, right? It has been a minute. But we're in a big river town now. I think this is a famous river town right here. So we're in the home of bluegrass. Bill Monroe started this place up kind of, uh, I guess he would be called the grandfather or the granddaddy of bluegrass. And then you got some great barbecue here, <clears throat> two uh, meccas of barbecue. You know, you look at a top 10 of barbecue and you think Owensboro, Kentucky, yeah. right? But they got something else here in Owensboro. And that's why we came here. Not yeah. for the barbecue, not for the bluegrass. Not that we don't love both of those, but they got this place called the Green River Distillery. And they're making whiskey here on the bend in the river, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not just the Ohio River. They got the Green River here, too. I always think there's a song called Green River. I'm not going to try to sing it for you, Jim. Yeah, don't do it. I don't know all the words to it. <laughs> um, but I always think about the Green River with my work, regular work. Um, you know, the river's important to me. And I know Owensboro, like the back of my hand. But we got a pretty special guest with us on Yeah, man. man. And he's got the lineage to back it up. Eighth generation distiller, Jacob Call. Jacob, welcome to the Bourbon Road. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, welcome, Jacob. We're, we're really excited to be here. I think it's a long time coming. We have uh, kind of been pining for the opportunity to come over here yeah, for a you, couple of reasons. You've been but, poking me for like two years. Mike, yeah, what's going on? Let's, bro? Go. let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Let's get on the road. And, you know, <clears throat> stuff kind of getting our way every time. And I was like, man, we got to get this done now. So uh, let's get down there. Um, so, you know, February 10th, day's a pretty special day for you guys though, right? Yeah, this is a, a date we've had circled on our calendar for a long time. Uh, we're releasing our, uh, Green River five-year-old, uh, flagship bourbon brand finally. So, uh, it's been a long time coming. We're super excited. Yeah, it, it's it's great to see this bottle. I mean, we've known something was coming down the pike for a while, right? Yeah. But we haven't had a chance to, to take a peek at it, and today's the big day. And we're going to be some of the first people to drink this, right, besides yourself. That's right. Yep. Yep. It's. Uh, um, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Well, we're going to get to that in the other part of the show, but let's talk about Green River Distillery history and where it all started from. Sure. So very, very historic distillery dating back to 1885. Uh, originally the, the site here was originally known as the Green River Distillery. Um, and it burnt down 1918, uh, right before prohibition, but was one of the most heavily, uh, advertised brands pre-prohibition, won a bunch of awards in the 1900s in Paris, um, official whiskey, of the Marine Corps hospital, um, the, uh, the most expensive whiskey ever sold 20 barrels traded for an interest in a, a gold mine. Um, so, uh, yeah, very, very storied, uh, history, uh, here at the facility. Um, and then, you know, even, even, uh, when it was rebuilt after prohibition, um, uh, 
1936 and went by the name of the Medley Distillery. And there were some pretty iconic brands uh, that were done out of this place back then too. Ezra Brooks, Mellow Corn. Um, so a lot of history at this place. That's some brands everybody knows, right? Oh, yeah. They talk Definitely. about still today. Those brands are still around. Uh, but we're actually here to taste your whiskey and stuff. And you you got a couple other whiskeys here for us, too. I I think that's pretty amazing. And right before the show, we learned that your guys' whiskey, Green River Distillery, had the last ship of bourbon that left the United States go into Cuba back right before Prohibition. Yeah, you know, that's the, that's the pretty cool thing about you know, launching a historical legacy brand like this. Now that the word's getting out, we're starting to hear some of these old stories that have been forgotten over time. And, uh, you know, we get people really from around the, the country. They hear shows like like your show and they're like, oh, you know, we, we found this uh, this bottle in uh, in our attic and they'll send us different pictures and stuff. We had a we had somebody that had an old picture frame of uh, that was was covered up with a picture of of FDR and behind that picture was the the employees and the staff from like 1904 or something and they sent it to us wow so all that sort of thing is is uh, soon to be on display in our visitor center here we spent a ton of work uh, remodeling our visitor center and, uh, you know, we're a heritage member on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. We get people from around the world that, that come visit us. So uh, we got some pretty cool artifacts to show off. Well, we definitely want to get a little more into the history. I think we got a little bit more there to talk about. But our mantra is to kind of get straight to the whiskey. Okay. And we've been chatting a bit here. So what do you say we get straight to this first whiskey you've brought for us? And we'll do a little tasting of it. Sure. So um, let me tell you a little bit about it. This is... Uh, a brand called Yellow Banks and Yellow Banks uh, was actually the original name of Owensboro. Um, and this is a, uh, a 70% corn, 21% rye, 9% malted barley, 92 proof product. Um, you'll get some sweetness on the nose. I think it's sort of a butterscotchy popcorny type product. Um, but uh, it's just, just under uh, three years old. Uh, only in Kentucky, only in this limited area right now. Jimmy, you know what I'm going to say on this nose right here? What are you going to say? You got that that kettle corn that you smell. Yeah, I think you do. Cooking, man. That kind of caramely, mm-hmm. still got that corn s- smell to it. Very beautiful. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because this is a, a collaboration that we did with the Kentucky Corn Growers Association. Um, we put their logo on the label and uh, 5% of all of our sales go back to, to corn and ag research in, in Kentucky. That's pretty amazing. I love the bottle, how you know it, it does have a old school label looking on it, but it says yellow bank and it's in yellow. And it's kind of got that, you know, I love that bottle, Jim, right? Because it's the perfect pour bottle. It right is there. the perfect pour bottle. It's yeah. got that tulip neck on it and stuff. Um, and the bourbon in the glass, I would say that's like a golden honey. Yeah, it's very nice. So, is this is this a bourbon, <clears throat> a bourbon whiskey that you would expect to find in a well at a bar, or is this something more? It's it's maybe a little bit more upscale than that. It's okay. it's in the uh, price point of around twenty four dollar okay. price point. Uh, the the bars around Owensboro do have it uh, in their in their bars, um, and uh, you know it's we're we're really kind of holding back on it. 
until we get our Green River brand launched, uh, which is, you know, starting today. And uh, <clears throat> once we get Green River out the gate, then I think we'll have a little more push with Yellow Banks. Sure. That's a super affordable whiskey right there. I still, you know, the $25 Mark Jim. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, will search that out. And especially a historical brand like that. And it's given back to farmers. Man, that's a, to me, that's a story in itself. But I know Jim is over there. He's he's about to die. <laughs> I, I, I really want to taste it. But I, well, I do want to, I do want to confirm the kettle corn, Mike. Absolutely. I think you, I think you hit it on the nose there. Uh, it does have it's got a little bit of a kind of an aromatic spice to it not too much but it's nice it a little bit of maybe that's from the barrel you tell me or it's from the the rye but yeah you know most of that spice profile will come from the rye mm -hmm. uh, profile um we do have a proprietary yeast strain that we use in our recipes um we've got two different yeasts that we blend uh, and then we have a special yeast for our rye whiskey that we okay. do all right well let's taste it cheers cheers There's that spice kick too, yep, right? Yep. It's got a nice little bit of sweetness up front. Got a little corn sweetness, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it does lend to that that kettle corn and stuff. Um, pretty beautiful. I would like to mention that we did bring our wives with this this trip, Mel and Viv, the stars of the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but they're over there as usual drinking cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jacob, how did you, were you the one that came up with Yellow Banks uh, or, were you the, or were you the innovator of that? Uh, no, you know, we've got a, a full marketing team, you know, that works on different brands and does a lot of historical research. Um, you know, I did, I do work closely with the Kentucky Corn, Corn Growers Association and their board. And, uh, you know, we pitched the Kentucky Corn Growers probably five or six different labels and brands because we wanted it to be a collaboration. And, you know, we all kind of settled on that one. Now, Owensboro, I mean, when you drive along the river through Owensboro, you can't miss the giant grain. Uh, I don't know. Would you call it a factory or what, what do you call it? Yeah, that? that's Owensboro grain. Uh, yeah, they've got massive silos down there where they process uh, corn and soybeans and load barges and different things. Yeah. They're, they're an institution here in Owensboro. So has, has Owensboro always been sort of a big grain kind of a grain depot town? Or? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we are in the heart of uh, heart of corn country. Uh, some of the most, the best corn is grown in, in this part of the state. We've got very fertile soils. We've got the Ohio river and the green river here where they all come together and, uh, you know, every year, some of the highest yielding, uh, corn crops come out of this area. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, we got a river port here in Owensboro. So a lot of, a lot of corn grown in Owensboro. I'd say it's probably this port with, with Evansville is one of the largest ports on the, um, Ohio river. Yeah. You would know that, right? I would, I would know that <laughs> probably Paducah is a little larger, yeah. um, port in Cincinnati, but. For a small town like Owensboro and Evansville, Indiana, which is kind of right across the river, right? Yeah. I saw there was a pretty significant Coast Guard station here. Yeah, there's a cutter right here that does Aton for the barges, and uh, yeah. they, they want to make sure that, you know, that's a big, big, big thing to make sure the river, because it's not a straight river, whether it looks no. like it is or not. Uh, it's changing all the time, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of flood season right now. You know, when we were coming in here, I saw some floods, uh, fields flooded and stuff. 
And the good thing about that is a lot of people don't realize it. It does bring destruction. and um, But the good thing is it brings more fertile soil and dumps it on those fields. And those fields near the river probably produce more corn than yeah. any other field around. And you guys are probably recipients of that. Yeah, we buy all, you know, local Kentucky really from about a 30-mile radius of the distillery direct from the farmer. Now, we were walking around, you know, and we're talking with you and stuff. You're showing us the distillery, which – to me, you know, Jim, I, for me, it was one of the most amazing tours I've ever been on. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I loved it. Probably, I don't know. That's a big column still. It's it's it, monstrous. Yeah, I've seen, I don't know that I've seen a whole lot that size. Yeah, and that's, that's big. You fit me in there. I could go swimming. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. But you were telling us that you guys own your own farm and stuff. We do. Yeah. We have a thousand acre farm, uh, about an hour away. Um, we have our own cattle that we feed our stillage to, uh, we have our own fleet of trucks. We deliver, uh, stillage to, to farmers for free. Um, we What's have, that say on the back of that truck <laughs> feeding cattle since 1885. Yeah. Love it. That's great. So we kind of left the story of this, uh, this distillery here, um, prior to it being abandoned. So it was abandoned at some point. Yes. So, um, after the, the Medley family took over, um, United, which is now Diageo, they bought it around 1992 and they just wanted those brands. They wanted those labels. So it was, it was shuttered. And, uh, we, uh, we bought it, uh, July of 2014. And, um, we, uh, we started distilling September of 2016, uh, spent about $25 million rebuilding it. And uh, I was uh, employee one and uh, we've got about 85 employees here uh, in Kentucky at the moment. And uh, we've expanded three times along the way. Um, so now we're at uh, 94,000 barrels of production and Makes us the fourth largest independent bourbon distillery in the U.S. Wow. So to keep our listeners from having to do any advanced math here, uh, how many barrels a day is that? We make on average about 300 roughly barrels a day. So that puts you right in that top tier of big, big distilleries in the country. Yeah. You know, we're certainly not a, not a craft distillery. We're, uh, we're definitely uh, on the upper level. Yeah. I, to me, I just, I love that. Uh, and, kind of going back to you guys having your own farm and stuff. And, you know, when we're walking around, Jim and I, uh, our wives, one of those trucks drove past and they were coming in here to get that grain. And I'm sure most of our listeners, if you go to a distillery or if you look up old photos of a distillery, you'll see the drawings of them and you always see cattle pens because they had to get rid of that sprint, spent grain, right? And how much spent grain do you have from a cook uh you know from from each one of our fermenters we're left with about 12 about twelve thousand gallons or two semi loads of stillage we move out we need to move out about one hundred ten thousand gallons in 24 hours uh to stay even uh, you know the big distilleries like a gym beam they've got a dryer house and they'll dry that grain uh, but for us mid-level guys um you know we don't have a wastewater plant it, it cost us about seven million dollars worth of capital investment to to build a dryer house. So, you know, that's one of the good things uh, about being 120 miles from the closest distillery. Uh, <clears throat> we don't really have much trouble getting rid of our stillage because we're close to all the farmers. Yeah. We saw the big truck, semi truck pulling up and then we saw a farmer 
uh, pulling up to Dooley pickup with a gooseneck and he had a big tank on the back of it to, to grab that and feed it to us. I'm guessing cattle probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's giving back and you don't charge those farmers for anything, right? No, no, it's all free. Yep. That's, that's to me, that's just amazing. So what's it like to see a vision like this come together? I mean, this was, I mean, you really kind of started with almost nothing. Right. Yeah, you know, we some of the bones were here. You know, we had the doubler, we had the cookers, the still. Um, but you know, there there was a, the shell was here, the bones were here, but we did a lot of work. Um, you know, for me it was kind of a, a once in a lifetime opportunity to to get to come here and, you know, rebuild something and kind of put your stamp on it. Um so uh definitely the highlight of my uh, professional career. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, start you started to make whiskey and you started to barrel whiskey in 2016, right? It's now 2022 and uh, we're seeing your product come out with a pretty respectable age statement on it. Yeah. So the green river product uh, is five years old. Um, and we're going to lead with this 90 proof uh, uh, green river product. And uh, you know, we had to, we, we've uh, we had to pay a few bills uh, when we started out. So we had to sell some of our bourbon at the beginning, but this is some of our older stuff uh, that we bottled, original original product. Well, heck, we got it in front of us. I, I don't drink the yellow banks. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It, it's well, I got a little gone. bit left. but I say, let's, let's try this new product right here. Now, how hard was it to wait five years? Uh, it was hard. I did a lot of sampling. So, you know, <laughs> you, you got to check on those barrels uh, all the time to make sure they're okay. So, uh we did quite a bit of that. Is that what you tell everybody? I got to go check on my barrels. I'll see you guys in a little bit. <laughs> I want to make sure they're aging properly. Now, I'm certain the whiskey was delightful well before the five-year point. But Yeah, we debated it four years. You know, we, we were going to go out at four, but uh, um, it was good to wait till five. I, sure. I'm happy with how it turned out. So this is that same mash bill. Yeah, this is 70 corn, 21 rye, 9 malt. So a little bit, a little higher on the rye. Um, but I think that that rye really carries through uh, and gives you some really good notes on it. Now, what can our listeners expect to pay for pay for this? Um, it's going to be $34.99. So very affordable, five-year-old product. Um, you know, we wanted this to be the the every man's, you know, kind of bourbon. Uh I think with the packaging and the liquid, um, I think it's got a lot of potential. Awesome. So 90 proof. That's got some, that's got some pretty good color to it, Mike. I'm seeing it sit next to the, the yellow banks and it's significantly darker, uh, at a few, a couple of proof points lower. So, yeah. And you also got a unique bottle, um, in a, time period when there's a glass shortage um and i I don't i can't think of a bottle i've seen like that that's your guys's bottle yeah that's our custom custom uh bottle uh we took a lot of the cues from the original packaging uh back in the early 1900s the rivets in the bottle the strip stamp um you know we've got uh an homage to the to owensboro we've got the city of the pride of owensboro uh in the glass uh, we're super proud of our relationship with Owensboro, the fourth largest city in Kentucky. And, uh, they've been great partners for us. We've got the horseshoe in the bottom of the, of the bottle. 
It fits really good in your hand. Um, and uh, I think it's uh, definitely something that uh, people are going to remember when they see. Yeah, it's kind of round on one side, like that horseshoe, and then uh, square on the front of it. Not square, but flat. And then the neck is long, longer net. You know, most squatty bottles, they have that little short neck. And then, you know, I've said this many a time, Jim, it, it's bourbon will run down your label. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I'm just uh, – sometimes you're a neat freak. You don't want your label to get all nasty and stuff. But 34 bucks. Good Lord, that's a great price. Yeah, I think it's a great price for it. For a five-year-old bourbon, uh, yeah, very nice. Um, you know, and I love the way that the bottle, yeah, it's sitting on a horseshoe base, but that horseshoe shape sort of carries all the way the full height of the bottle up to the neck anyway. Yeah. So it's got that nice flat front and a rounded back. It's it's a great-looking bottle. Well, let's check it out, Mike. Little, little uh, I've been nosing this thing. It <clears throat> little almost toast there to me. Uh, that oak is coming through almost that toasted marshmallow. Yeah. I was, I was going to say exactly that. I was going to say I was getting like a toasted marshmallow off of it. Not overly sweet, a little more oak influence on it, a little less sweetness than what we had tried earlier, but uh, let's taste it. Cheers. Cheers. And it's solid. Now that's got that pop pop rocks going on, Jim. Yeah, yeah. The rye is uh, the rye is playing a tune there, no doubt. Yeah, it's surprising how much the difference between Yellow Banks and this is, and but they're aged in the same barrels. Yep, same barrels, just just more age, just a little bit not, more not, spice. Not a different rickhouse placement. Nope, really. No. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that rye really really shows itself um i kind of like the way that it uh it kind of tangles the sides of the tongue a little bit I, I, you say pop rocks yeah pop rocks or yeah it's it's a i call this a sizzler sizzler yeah, yeah. it's it, it's it is lovely whiskey letting you know not as much a kentucky <clears throat> hug as i would have thought for a sour mash mm-hmm it's got a nice finish on it. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great whiskey for the mid-30s. So you mentioned earlier, eighth-generation uh, distiller. Can you tell us a little bit about that lineage? Sure. So uh, my family dates back to uh, 1791 in Bourbon County, Kentucky. Uh, so um, the the first guy, his name was Samuel Call, um, and he was a distiller. He had a... Uh, 75 gallons still, 120 gallons still, dozen fermenters. Um, fortunate enough to uh, to find his estate um, when he uh, when he passed away, he had ten kids. So of course they were all fighting over all of his stuff, and uh, which turned out good for me because I could find his records from the, the, the lawsuit. And um, he uh, had some dealings with Elijah Craig. We found some depositions uh, involved with that. And um, so, uh, yeah, I guess effectively my family is one of the oldest distilling families in the, in Kentucky. Uh, that's that's pretty cool to find <laughs> that stuff out. So um, it didn't just drop in your lap, though. You had to dig a little bit. I did, yeah. I always knew I was a seventh, but I, I couldn't go back any further, you know. Um, back during the uh, the pandemic, I guess I was a, like a lot of people and was looking at Ancestry.com and yeah. trying to pass the time and hit some roadblocks. So uh, actually I actually hired a, a lady named Linda Colston uh, 
and uh, she used to be a former tour guide at another distillery, and she was really into genealogy. And uh, turns out it was the the best five hundred bucks I ever spent because she she dug it up and said, "You're not going to believe this, but uh, look what I found." Where's Bourbon County, Kentucky at? For all of our listeners. Yeah. So Bourbon County's up around uh, the Paris, uh, Versailles kind of area up, up around uh, uh, Lexington, North and Lexington, Nicholasville up in that area. That, that is some lineage, you know, you know, I'm a, just a history nut. And yeah. those guys that walked the Buffalo Trace, the true Buffalo Trace, mm-hmm. they walked part way up the Kentucky River and then they, they – we're going through the wilderness, yeah. pretty much briars and stuff, and then they got to the Buffalo Trace, and they walked, I think, 17 miles on that. And then what they were doing was they were surveying land. And so your your generations of uh, your heritage there, your family, could have been some of those guys that were surveying and try. They were surveying for rich men is what they were doing. Yeah, they, they it wasn't their land. It wasn't for – well, they were surveying for own land, but they were picking out prize property for these – probably millionaires back then really mm-hmm. is what they would have been in today. Um, but they went and surveyed their own land over on the salt river area yeah. that, that area, Nicholsville you're talking about <clears throat> Versailles area. And that's where they got their land at. Um, not there on the Kentucky river, but over on the salt river where four roses is actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. On that area. Yeah. So that man to sit here with some of that, that family is pretty neat. Yeah. So, do you, did you have you been able to go back even further than that, or is that about as far as you've been able to go? You know, I stopped there. I guess if I wanted to keep paying for it, I could keep going <laughs> yeah. further back. But I said, let's stop there. That's a good stopping uh, point. And then, and then, you know, in, in more modern times, my my grandfather worked at Jim Beam, and then my dad worked at Jim Beam for a long time. And um, you know, my dad uh, was was sort of Booker knows kind of right hand guy. My grandfather was friends with him, and. You know, I kind of grew up in the business. Um, <clears throat> just, I remember, uh, you know, when I was a kid, uh, they would have these uh, these bass fishing, Jim Beam bass fishing tournaments for the employees. So, uh, you know, I'd fish with my dad and and uh, we used to call him uh, Freddie, but it's Fred now. So Fred would fish with, with Booker and, you know, they had a big, look like a barge uh, with their big John boat out there. And, um yeah, that was some fun times doing doing uh, those bass fishing clubs yeah. back when I was a kid. Yeah, there's another Freddie now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. younger Freddie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Can you remember that first sip of whiskey back back in the day? Uh, yeah, and I, I tell you, you know, uh, my dad had a lot of those uh, decanters uh, sitting around, and I I think I probably uh, snuck uh, snuck some out of one of his decanters he had laying around the house. <laughs> now that decanter is a good choice because you can't see the level in it, right? That, that is, that's a smart <laughs> idea, right? Yeah, you, you were doing, you were playing the smart game. Yeah. Well, imagine what that whiskey would have been worth that day, though. Yeah, he's he's it's a good thing he uh he's not a a, a seller. <laughs> he's more of a displayer. <laughs> a drinker. Or you're the, you were the drinker. I guess so. <laughs> so you got that lineage and stuff. Where at what point did you say, "Hey, I think I'm going to be a uh, distiller myself?" Well, you know, I was I was a banker for a while. I went to Murray State and uh you know, we, uh, when we moved to Florida, my, uh, my dad took over a place called uh, Florida distillers and he, uh, he created all the Cruzan rum products and, uh, I was a banker for a while and then I went to work for him and, um, 
you know, I, I really learned the business, the, the real business from my dad. He made sure I had all the really challenging jobs when I was a kid in college. I worked on the bottling line and worked in processing and, um, you know, I, so I've, I've done, you know, a lot of the stuff in the industry. Um, and, uh, you know, after, uh, after graduating, graduating college and being a banker, I just really wanted to get back in the, in the business. And, you know, um, bourbon was, was, uh, was not cool again yet, but it was getting cool again. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, if your relatives do that, you just, it's kind of like always pulling you back in. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, when this place became available, it was just, man, I, I gotta, I gotta come up here and, and do this. So I brought my wife up and, you know, we walked around the distillery and you, you saw some of the pictures this is in pretty rough shape. And, uh, I was either the, the only one crazy enough to do it. Um, or, uh, you know, it was just meant to be maybe. Yeah. Was it like the light came on and you saw your vision? Yeah, I could see what I, you know, it was, it took a big step, big step of faith, but, uh, um, yeah, I could see, I could see where it was going. Yeah. And, uh, and, and during that, that process of, of bringing this back to life here, were there, were there any regrets along the way? Uh, no, no, not one regret. Yeah. No. A few times we were like, what the heck are we doing here? Right? <laughs> <laughs> normally with all the expansions, you know, yeah. normally you get going and you're, you're cranking out, you know, 18, 20,000 barrels and you think you're doing something good. And then, you know, uh, it's still a business. So, uh, well, can you make more? And like, well, yeah, we can make more. So then we went 70,000 barrels and that was a big, big adjustment. We went, uh, went 24 seven at that point in time. Um, and then the, the, you know, the last expansion, I said, that's it. No more. I'm, no more expansions <laughs> after this one. <laughs> well, we can get into that in the second half, Jim, uh, and we'll keep sipping on this Green River. Yeah. Newly launched, going to be on the shelves in a select few states, right, Jacob? Yeah, so it'll be Kentucky, uh, Missouri, Tennessee, um, and, uh, and Florida. Yeah, and, and, you, and Indiana too. That's is that so your dad yeah. can buy some? Uh, yeah, he'll probably get some free. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> well, listeners, I'd say we'll be right back. All right. So Jim, you know what's good to have with cocktails? You're going to tell me. Bourbon barrel aged maple syrup from our good friends up in Ohio at Seldom Seen Farms. I know you like to make those old fashions all the time. I do. I do. Listen, it's so easy, guys. You just take a half ounce of this maple syrup, bourbon-aged maple syrup. You uh, put two ounces of bourbon in there, a couple of shakes of your favorite bitters over ice. You could put a little bit of orange peel in there if you want to, but man, what a fantastic old-fashioned. Now, you don't have to pour it in an old-fashioned. You can have it on chicken and biscuits. You can have it on pancakes. You can have it on waffles. I mean, you Port just about on anything. But Kevin Holly up there, this is his time of the season to start taking that sap out of those trees. I've seen several posts where he's got all of his lines going right now. So he's up there making it. Once he gets it, he cooks it down, makes the maple syrup, and then he puts it in those barrels. Um, he's working with New Riff. He's working with our good friends down there at Leaper's Fork. 
several other distilleries around the country are starting to reach out to him because his stuff is magic in a bottle. So make sure you grab this. You said they can buy it in a case, right? Jim? Yeah, you can get them 12 in a case. You can also get them as part of gift sets as well, like candles and things like that. So definitely worth a visit to the website, seldomseenmaple.com. Check out everything they have to offer. They support the bourbon road. Take care yeah. of our sponsors. Yeah. Well, back to our episode. So we are back, listeners. We got the uh, master distiller, Jacob Call, and here he is. You're really the jack of all trades here, master none, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm the general manager and the master distiller. Yeah. Master of all. <laughs> I don't know about that. It takes an army. It takes a village, that's for sure. Yeah, because you got 85 employees and stuff. I didn't see a, a frown walking around here for sure. Everybody seemed chipper. Even your gate guard, your guy that's managing the front gate up there, he was he's the nicest fellow. He's come on in. He was a, he was a, he was a great guy. Yeah. I, re, I really enjoyed the, the short conversation we had with him before <laughs> we came through the gate. Mike, just a, just one last note about that uh, Green River whiskey. I'd like to sort of sort of say we talked a little bit about it during the break as we were finishing up our glass. We actually went back for another pour. Yeah, Jacob has a bottle here. Heck, we're trying to empty that sucker. <laughs> and our wives got more cocktails. I just had to say how much I love bourbons that have that prominent butterscotch note and i think it was there in that one yeah you know what we we did chat in the break about um what made this so great not just that price point where every man and woman could buy a bottle um but it is that bourbon that is perfect at 90 proof yeah our thing is we always we always say oh man uh, let's really like taste that at cast strength but Jacob, man, I'm going to tell you what, you hit the nail on the head on this thing. That five years seems like that's that right mark where that spice is what gives that extra kick with that, with that butterscotch taste. Um, I, I can't say enough good stuff about it. I'm glad we're here for the release today of this and be some of the first guys to get to taste it. But we get to move on. <laughs> we have another <laughs> bottle. And this is right up my alley, Mike. Well, another bottle just showed up. <laughs> Bottles are just popping up. <laughs> so next on our list, what do we have, Jacob? Um, this is sort of a, a taste of things to come, if you will. This is uh, our rye whiskey. Uh, this is a four-year-old rye whiskey, 90 proof. Uh, this is a 95% rye, 5% malt. So it's a full-on rye whiskey. Yeah, man. 95.5. Wow. Let's check it out. So that is a uh, 95.5. That's more of a Maryland rye or East Coast rye. Well, you know, back uh, back when we got started, we uh, uh, we had to pay a lot of bills. So we were competing with that uh, famous uh, 95% MGP rye yeah. that everybody wants. So we thought they'd uh, people would appreciate a Kentucky version of that. So sure. that's what we went after. So anything different here? Any other, like a different strain of rye or different anything done differently here you know it's it's a winter rye uh that we buy um no it's just uh i think it's just a good good solid 95 percent rye whiskey full-on rye you know a lot of the ryes are uh 70 you know rye rye is hard to work with it, it foams bad um it can turn to super glue if you don't watch yeah. what you're doing. So I was going to ask if you had any uh, challenges with the rye because a lot of people talk about those those challenges with the foaming and the. You know, no, we uh, you know we've we've got all that under control, um, but uh, you know it's a more expensive grain. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why people use less of it. But 
you know, we wanted to, we're going to make rye. We wanted it to be a full on rye. So for the purpose of the podcast here, we're just calling this rye. Rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. No brand associated with this four year old yet, but I would say, you know, maybe sometime next year. Yeah. Green River may have a a shelf mate. I mean, it sounds perfect, right? Green River rye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm going to have to buy that name right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might already have that locked yeah. up. I'm sure they're, 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 they've got an advanced army taking care of those things. So, so uh, Jim, I this right here, you know, the thing about a Kentucky rye that's like 65% rye yeah. um, is it's not as sweet. But when I get a 95.5 rye, I get that sweet nose um, just coming out. A lot of floral. Yeah, nice floral, Aromatic. a little bit of candy there. Almost like a, a gum drop. You know those gum drops, spice uh, gum drops? Spice, spice drops. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know all of our listeners like you two with your candy notes. and Candy and cereal, right? <laughs> we, just, we can't do oak and leather and yes. we can, but nobody wants that. <laughs> all right, Mike, yeah. let's check it out. Cheers. Cheers. Mm, that's nice buttery yeah it is that's that got that creamy mouthfeel that um just kind of flows over your palate yeah and it's got a little bit more of a so you can get and i know that the notes are similar between anise and licorice kind of but i think you know you know when you go to an indian restaurant and you're paying your bill up front at the counter and you leave and they got that little bowl of uh seeds in a dish and you can put put a few in your mouth have you done that before mike Kevin, this is it reminds me of this i'm not putting my fingers in something everybody else put their <laughs> yeah, fingers well in. you know times have changed this would be pre-covid <laughs> i've never been that guy at the bar be like i'm gonna have i'm gonna eat on those uh bowls <laughs> like peanuts yeah, that yeah. everybody else is eating on. oh you don't do that huh nah i just order something off the menu <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. at five guys and they have those peanuts you can crack open i eat those that's uh that buttery mouthfeel. Uh, everything we said in the nose is there in the taste too. That that spiced gumdrop, you know, maybe a little bit of citrus on there. Um, a little bit of mint. Great maybe. job. Yeah, yeah, definitely a little bit of mint. Yeah, that's a great rye. I think that's a wonderful rye. And um, so it's a four year old now to be a five year old when you're yeah yeah it can only get better. Where do you see it going? like changing in the taste profile. Yeah. I mean, it'll just get richer, a little more depth to it. Um, I think your base notes will stay the same, but you'll just get more wood and more depth over time. Yeah. I always like that. Uh, probably get a little darker too, <laughs> I would imagine. So we were about to talk about it before, but uh, we're walking around and you guys got what? 27 fermenters. We do. Yeah. So 27 fermenters, um, 2000 gallons each. No, the fermenters are uh, 15,000 gallons. 15,000 gallons yeah. each. What was 2,000? Some of them was 2,000 gallons. I don't uh, That's me not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying much attention. I just, in, in awe, I was like, man, you got 27 of these things in here, and they're all filled <laughs> up, and or they're rocking and rolling here. So innovation, coming out with new stuff, we're just drinking this right here that nobody else has had yet, right? Nobody else has got to taste that except for you and the staff here. Yes. Yeah. Man, Jim, 
Uh, Mike, we're living the dream, my friend. This, yeah, I mean, for whiskey drinkers, this is like the holy grail of getting to see behind the scenes. And we did get to see behind the scenes. We walked um, not only in your cookhouse, right, your steel house, but we got to see, walked in your rick houses, which are pretty dang amazing. Got clay brick. Um, yeah. So, you know, brick rick houses are, um, they're not a common thing, right? Yeah. Most brick houses you find as you travel around Kentucky are metal sided. And, uh, you know, these here are brick and clay, clay interior, huh? Yeah. Hollow clay tile. Hollow clay yeah, tile. So it's not the, brick really. Just yeah. So tile. The, um, it's pocketed. So you'll get a lot of heating and cooling that way. We do have some metal sided also. We, we're up to here on site. We've got six six rick houses and then offsite we've got another 14 and uh, we're actually building a new uh, rick house every 90 days to keep up with our production my goodness now what would it cost to build one of those clay tile rick That's, houses you're looking well, you know those prices seem to change every day in this world we live in but uh you know we're about four million bucks roughly. wow yeah Twenty thousand barrels inside there yes yeah um it, it was pretty neat to walk in there and i've we've both been in numerous rick houses uh and i guess it's called a rick because their barrels are in a rick right yes you know some people call them rack houses uh but i think rick house uh i go with rick house sounds better (laughs) what does to me that's that kentucky thing (laughs) so anything else we could expect out of green river distillery in uh, the coming future yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're really focused right now on this Green River brand launch. We've held back some of our other projects to to do this right. You know, you only get one chance to launch a a flagship brand like this. Um and you know, I think it's uh it's it's pretty rare that a historic brand like this has been brought back at its original home where it all started from. You know, there's been heritage brands brought back, you know, peerless brands like that. But, you know, I did some research and, and I I can't really recall a brand like this that's been brought back at its original place where it all started. Um, so that's been our focus. Um, and we'll have some other expressions, I'm sure, of Green River. You know, eventually we'll have single barrels and bottled and bonds and, and rise and things like that. But, you know, we want to come out of the gate, focus heavily on Green River, get it out launched in the market um then we'll come with with yellow banks and we've got you know we've got several innovation projects we're working on we've got we've got all the barrel finish stuff uh and some unique things too uh that maybe people haven't thought of yet i hope uh that we're working on and uh we'll uh we'll probably do some exclusive stuff later on with that too we've had plenty of your whiskey on our show though before right because you're a contract distiller too we are yeah so you know we uh like i mentioned we do a variety of things here we do contract distillation we do uh, a big tanker business where we ship six thousand gallon tankers all over the world we do uh private label bottling private brand bottling we do uh, terry bradshaw's bourbon uh, wheel horse is is a brand we do uh walker's k uh uh, which is the Bush family. We do their stuff. So, um, yeah, we do a lot of different things that a lot of people might not realize. Yeah. We've had a lot of these on the show. I particularly remember Walker's K and we had the, uh, we had the bourbon out of, uh, 
out of Key West on, and we've had Broken Barrel. Broken Barrel. Broken yeah, Barrel. That's one of ours. Yeah. Yeah, Seth. Seth. Yeah, what a, now, what do, you a make, guy. do you make his rise as well? Uh, we do. We make the b- bourbon and rye, and then he does his thing with his, yeah. uh, br- you know, broken barrel staves and all his. He's finishes. quite. A, he's quite a craftsman. He is in his yeah. own right. Yeah, he's got a, a very, uh, a very good imagination for different things. <laughs> his rye is something that uh, I always think about. I always think about. I, I need to go down and get another pour of that rye from him <laughs> because he's done that. That stave profile that he's used on that rye was really something else. I think so. Yeah, I don't. Are you selective who comes in here and who you work with and stuff? You know, we're getting a little bit more selective as we grow up and become a big boy distillery uh, with our brand launches. And, um, you know, at some point uh, uh, we we back off of our uh, we back off of, of what we sell to other people and, you know, start saving back more for for us and some of our key partners. Sure. So as you start to expand your brands, uh, particularly your Green River brand, to more states, that'll put more demand on your stocks. Absolutely. And, uh, well, you got to take care of the home first, right? That's right. (laughs) Well, Jim, they they put another whiskey in front of us. Can we talk about that? Yeah. So I think we brought out the uh, Kentucky 10 weeded product. um, And this is a uh, 70 corn, 21 wheat nine malted barley so we just flop the rye with the wheat um this is about a two and a half year old mike you had to twist their arm because <laughs> the weeded king of kentucky had to have a wheat bourbon you didn't see my head spinning around down there and he, <laughs> as soon as he said wheat i i like perked up a little bit i was like man they got some wheat whiskey here weeded bourbon a beautiful nose on this side just one whiff up even at that young age still uh is those floral notes are coming out now what was the age it's about two and a half years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And wheat takes a little, weeded bourbons take a little longer than they rye do. bourbons. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's light and grassy and, you know, I always think of, of wheat as more kind of entry level, uh, type product, easy to drink, no mm-hmm. burn. Um, but, uh, yeah, we get some pretty good, uh, compliments on our wheat. Yeah. Well, hey, let's check it out, Mike. Check it out. Nice and floral. I, I, I just that honeysuckle road, you know, coming, you know, you're down here in Owensboro, Kentucky. It's in the country. Listen, to maybe some bluegrass on a back country road and smell that, smell that honeysuckle. It is a Kentucky wheat as well. Oh, it is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So is that a, uh, is that a winter wheat? Yeah. Or, yeah. Red winter. Mm-hmm. Red winter wheat. And that's a, they call it red hard winter wheat. We call it red winter. Red winter. Red right? winter. Okay. That's a, most people would just use it as a cover crop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Farmers and stuff. When I was growing up on a farm, that's what we would use as a cover crop is red winter wheat and stuff. And, um, you know, you hopefully you get a good yield out of it and stuff. But what you're trying to do before the depression, um, people would, wouldn't plant a cover crop and, Big winds would come in right, and yeah. pick their topsoil up and take it off. Right, and, yeah. You know, that's kind of how the dust bowl stuff. But, you know, the government came in and said, okay, you're going to need to plant another crop, a cover crop to protect your topsoil. Otherwise, you're, you're pretty much going to kill your farm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit of like, because uh, I've already tasted it, Mike. I, I took a nose on it and then I taste it. A little bit of hot buttered popcorn. Hot, hot buttered popcorn. Well, heck, I say cheers, Jacob. Cheers. Cheers. little sweet up front nice and soft 
I don't get the popcorn. You know, I don't eat popcorn. Well, no, I'm just getting, <laughs> I, I say popcorn. I'm getting a little bit of uh what do they call it? Just a, just a hint of diacetyl. Is that right? Yep. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it comes off from fermentation. Is yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it in white dog. I love that flavor in white dog. When I'm tasting white dog, I love to get that hot buttered popcorn. Now I'm going to tell you this. Tell me like tastes like Cracker Jacks. Now people, listeners are going to say, well, these kettle corn and Cracker Jacks, the same thing. And it's not, and it's not the same as popcorn. Well, Cracker Jacks have, have peanuts in them too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get a little yeah. bit of sweeter, sweeter. Uh, yeah. It's it? also that hard kind of caramel. Um, but that Cracker Jack to me is what I'm getting out of this right here. That sweetness. Um, as long as that's good, that's fine. <laughs> you like Cracker Jacks? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm supposed to eat I that. I like Cracker Jacks. Yeah. Who doesn't like Cracker Jacks? <laughs> Even grown men will go in there. You know, you could go into the store and see people buy that. Yeah. Um, somebody that doesn't like Cracker Jacks or kettle corn. They're not human. You right? can't trust them. <laughs> you can't trust them. But if you don't like weed or whiskey, you can't trust, can't trust you. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, what do you think? Like uh, time frame? Yeah, uh, you know I don't know. You know Kentucky tens out there in the market now, uh, kind of limited. We've got some 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 people that really really want that. Uh, so we'll see. You know, uh, I leave some of that up to the sales and marketing guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I make the bourbon and they figure out how to move it all. Yeah. I'd be willing to wait for an eight year of this right here. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm certain that you've got plans for extra age products. Oh, sure. Yeah. We've held back things for, for older stock down the road. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed everything we've tasted today, Mike. I think it's all got uh character um, that the green river in particular is layered with uh, something a little bit different than we tasted before. I think it's it's not it's not. I won't say it's not typical, but I, I would say there's nothing else exactly like it. Well, you would expect that, right? Yeah. Coming to a different kind of a region of Kentucky, a little bit flatter down here. Um, I, I'm not I'm not going to call it swampy, but the central part of Kentucky is is a little bit flatter than where we live. Even in in Louisville area, there's a little bit more rolling hills down here. It's a little flatter, more corn, more cropland. Um, big hardwoods. So you're going to get that little bit different climate climate than where we're at we're a little bit South too of uh Louisville. So I would expect something. And we got a different master distiller. He's got a different way to, to, to cook his whiskey, his recipe. You're the cook, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, every, uh, every distillery is a little bit different just from their distillation system to their yeast strain, to their, their mash bills. You know, there's a, a hundred different little things that make every, distillery a little bit different so uh you know with green river what i really wanted to do is i really wanted to make a a solid uh traditional everyday good bourbon whiskey that everybody in in owensboro and kentucky can be proud of now everybody says that the barrels and the maturation form 60% 60% of the flavor profile. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. You know, it's probably 50 to 60%. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And and beyond that, what do you think is the next big contributor? You know, I'd say the yeast strain has a lot to do with a lot of uh, fermentation, uh, your temperatures, your, your uh, time in fermentation, um, 
cleanliness of your facility, um, your your grains. Um, you know, we inspect all of our grain trucks that come in. Uh, the uh, the the um, even the uh, screen size, how you grind your grains. You know, all of those things make a difference. Yeah, yeah. We've we've we taste a lot of whiskey. We we get around just a little bit. And, you know, we've seen uh, examples of, oh, we've seen examples of failure to maintain cleanliness. But when you taste a bourbon that is, uh, or rye whiskey, that is, uh, you can just tell it's exceptionally done. You can tell that it's been, uh, the process has been a very carefully adhered to. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I, I think I think it's uh, it's a testament to to good solid work and preparation and good equipment and good people and and the whiskeys we've tasted today are representative of a of a of a great operation and and I think they're gonna just I think it's gonna fly off the shelves <laughs> at that we price so. <laughs> at that price point it better I'd, I'd say to me I would uh, I would have thought fifty dollars on that um you know and I'm I'm glad to see that you guys kept it a lower price point not only that but the whole story behind giving back to farmers with the yellow banks, um, watching farmers pull it here, you know, and seeing that, uh, that warms my heart right there that you guys are doing it right. You really care about everybody in the chain all the way from where it's grown, the farmer to even the whiskey drinker. Yeah. One thing we didn't, we didn't talk about, but green river itself, you know, uh, we partnered with uh, 1% for the planet. So part of our sales will go back to that and we get to pick our charity of choice and it's the, the river keepers, uh, the Ohio river keepers. So, you know, uh, green river is a natural fit for us to give back to the green river and the Ohio river and the river keepers to, you know, make sure we got good water. Yeah. I've worked with them before. Uh, they go, go up and down the Ohio river and uh, they really, I can't even tell you how much trash they pick up out of this river. Um, it's kind of sad to look at and stuff what gets thrown in the river and stuff and then i don't think people realize how much this river means to to our nation and what it gives to the nation um what goes up and down it <clears throat> it's uh man you just you just keep pouring it on <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about you know visitors you got oh, yeah. you've got a you've got a gift shop here you've got a tour uh tell us a little bit about you know, what a visitor could expect when they come to yeah, Owensboro. So, uh, you know, we're open six days a week. Um, we, uh, we do, uh, tours several times a day. Um, and our tour is more of a, as you guys saw, is a more of a behind the scenes kind of hard hat tour. You might get dirty on our tour. Or we might put you to work on our tour. Uh, pretty much the, the tour you all went on is the tour that the public gets. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's so, that's... uh, uh, it's a, it's a behind the scenes tour. Um, we have our gift shop. We, we do, uh, events, uh, all sorts of, uh, weddings, corporate events. Uh, we were the, the recently just named the, uh, the fourth best tour on the Kentucky bourbon trail by big publication. So, uh, we, we work really hard. Uh, we've got some great tour guides here that, that, uh, make sure everybody has a good time on our tour. Well, we got a Really good tour guide today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best tour guide, but does everybody? Uh, I, I wing it pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> does everybody get Jacob call? Uh, it- no, normally not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob, man, I can't. 
thank you enough uh, for coming on the Bourbon Road and uh, letting us come in your house and showing me and Jim and our and our wives around. Um, I'm sure they had a great time. They they both got smiles over there. Um, They've had a few cocktails, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys making the trip down. And, you know, we, we've got a great story to tell. And, you know, we just appreciate people like you guys helping us tell that story. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you're traveling the Bourbon Trail and you're in Kentucky and you want to see what Kentucky has to offer for distilleries, Owensboro is, uh, well, it's a jaunt from Louisville, but it's a it's a nice drive. And, you know. The town itself has a lot to offer. I think it's worth an overnight here. Yeah, it's a great overnight getaway trip. Yeah. So uh, if you're um, traveling through the area and you want to you want to check out something and get a little bit outside of the Louisville, Frankfurt, Bardstown, Owensboro is a great stop. Barbecue, bluegrass. You guys got the Bluegrass Hall of Fame here. And then uh, now bourbon brought bourbon back to the, to the fray. I mean – that's the three B's. That's all you need in life, yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know what else you need, really. Good <laughs> well, music, good whiskey, and uh, good food. Well, Jacob, we'd like to give you guys an opportunity to let our listeners know where they can find you on social media, on the web. Where's your website? Those kind of things. Sure. It's uh, www.greenriverdistilling.com. Um, Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of thing. Awesome. So listeners, check them out. Schedule a visit. To the distillery, I think you uh, you definitely won't be uh, disappointed. Make sure you look for Green River Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey on the shelf. $34.95, is that right? Uh, you can't beat it. Pick up a bottle. Uh, definitely going to be pleased when you try it. Mike, where can they find us? So you can find us on social media. You can find us on TikTok. We got some videos out there now. You see me spinning around in a whiskey store here or there walking down a rick house aisle you might see a tiktok star now i don't know about that let's not, <laughs> let's not go that crazy uh, but you can also find us on instagram twitter facebook uh we also have a private facebook group called the bourbon roadies you want to check that out 2500 people in there that love to drink whiskey you got to be 21 uh, you got to agree to you like bourbon hell i don't know jim does anybody not like bourbon they all like bourbon. Our number one main rule in there, our number one main rule is uh, no no rudeness. We just don't tolerate it. Uh, meaning that if you want to drink from the very bottom of the shelf, what I started out with was 10 high whiskey all the way to the top shelf. If you're drinking Pappy's, um, if you can find it, um, or if you're drinking this Green River right here, if you got a bottle of that or you're going to get a bottle because today is the first day you can get a bottle, you're listening. I know you're all going to rush out to those states and grab a bottle today because we told you to. Um, but if you drink that, that's what we want you to drink. Uh, we want nobody to be shamed in there. Um, it's a celebration of whiskey, celebration of life, Jim. Absolutely. Um, um, babies, births, retirement celebrations. Well, that's what our Facebook group is about. So come in and join us and stuff. We do some giveaways in there. Uh, Jacob, you said you guys are willing to give away a bottle of this Green River signed by you. Absolutely, yep. Um, what they'll end up is with an empty bottle with your signature on it, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> if it was me and Jim, that's what that you would end up with. Um, but, Jim, what do they got to do to get that giveaway? Well, let's say that they need to be the first people. When we make the post that this episode is released, uh, they need to be the first one to hop on Instagram and, re- and comment on the post what year – 
the original Green River Distilling Company was founded. Yeah, that's that is perfect right there. I think uh, that think that's well worth it. Make sure you give uh, us a follow on Instagram, and make sure that you give Green River Distillery a uh, follow on Instagram. Build their numbers up for them and stuff uh, for that great gift. Um, a bottle of this shipped to your house. Um, man, what a great giveaway. Awesome. Yeah. So we do two shows a week. Every Monday, we'll do a craft distillery episode. We'll kind of focus on a single expression from a craft distillery. We kind of, our goal here is to lift them up, shine a little light on a, on a smaller distillery that's trying to get the word out. Mike and I will uh, review their whiskey. We'll let you know whether you should add it to your bar. Uh, every Wednesday, we do a longer episode. Uh, one hour in length, usually, uh, where we'll have uh, we'll have a guest on, uh, like Jacob Call, a Green River Distilling. <clears throat> we'll work our way through a few expressions, and uh, we'll let you know a little bit of what they have going on. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's just Mike and I, but usually we have a guest on, right, Mike? We try. We try. It's hard to get on the road these days, uh, busy schedules and stuff. But what you want to do to make sure that you don't miss one of these shows right here with great guests like Jake call from green river distillery. Um, you want to go on, scroll on up to your app, hit that check sign, that plus sign, that subscribe sign. That'll let you know, we got a show coming out. These two jokers, they're having a great uh, time on the bourbon road. Um, then we need you to scroll on down and hit that five star review. Cause you know, what's going to happen if you don't, Oh, you're going to tell them, Oh man, <laughs> I'm going to grab a bottle of this green river bourbon right here. I'm going to bring my friend, the big, bad booty daddy of bourbon is going to come with me. We're going to drink that whole bottle of bourbon through the night. Um, by the end of the night, we'll get that five-star review out of you, I guarantee. Um, but seriously, those five-star reviews gets us in the doors of distilleries like Green River, um, bringing you great whiskey across the nation, across the world. Um, so uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. So Mike and I are very approachable. We we definitely want to hear what you have to say, what you think about what we do. Mike already told you how to give us a review. But if you want to reach out to us, if you've got an idea for an episode, if you have an idea for a guest, come to our website. Come to our website, thebourbonroad.com. There's a contact us page on there. You can reach out to us there. We're very approachable, like I said. We'll get back with you. If you've got a hometown distillery that's uh, sort of really impressing you. Let us know who they are. We'll reach out to them. We'll get the bourbon on the show. Uh, we'll we'll make a review of it, and we'll let you know what we think about it. You can also reach out to us on email. I'm Jim at TheBourbonRoad.com. He's Mike at TheBourbonRoad.com. But like we always say, probably the best way is to hit up our DMs on Instagram. I'm Jay Shannon 63 I'm Big Bourbon Chief. And we'll see you down the Bourbon Road. <laughs>